The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I am your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my favorite co-host, my favorite person, and I hope yours, my co-host, Paul Michael Boland. How you doing, Paul? It's going to vary from week to week on that one. Various so, weeks you know, to week, yeah. Usually they like you better, so I'm good with that. Um, but I get a lot of, like, write-ins. What do you think of this for a show idea? It's fucking terrible. So mm-hmm. I, people, I'm not, I'm not always on the good side of people. Though I do, when I say that, want to remind everyone, every time we swear, we give money to charity. And it's matched by, yep. <laughs> it's matched by Voice America. Thank you, We give Paul. money to, <laughs> Alexis counts it. We give money to the, boy, uh, to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society, and Free MMA. The winner for whoever said the most swearing ever was that gorgeous boondock saint we had on the show, Sean Patrick Flannerty. Yes, and young he Indiana said, Jones himself. Yes, 76 yes. times. 76 times. I'm really <laughs> impressed by that because I, I, did, I didn't even notice it. It was just flying right by me. But, okay, you know, there you go. He said the F word 76 times. I couldn't do it that many times unless that's all I said during the show. Uh, so we mm. had a very interesting week. Um one of I, I got a really good I got a write in for the show and I got an interesting question and I know you and I had talked about this and one of the questions I got was what happened to The Simpsons why is it still playing and why isn't it good anymore and uh, somehow it's still making money and my God I remember uh, having the video uh, a videotape copy taped off television of the Santa's Little Helper episode. When I I was in college, you know? (laughs) That was a long fucking time ago. I actually don't remember a world without The Simpsons. Like, I don't remember a world without The Simpsons. Of course, you shouldn't. Um, (laughs) Like, it's always been, it's it's always been there. And I I kind of missed the, you know, The Simpsons fever. But I think uh, it's, it's still going. But for those, for the people that had written in and gotten into this conversation on Twitter with me, um, the Simpsons isn't what it was. It was born at a time mm. where the family was the standard. It, it came around a lot like Married with Children. The family right. were the standard, you know, uh, American it was family. Poking poke holes at the, the family dynamic in sitcom. Yeah. I mean, I was a fan of the, uh, the Tracy Ullman show, which is one of the first shows on the Fox network. And the little uh, Simpsons cartoons would play on that show. You know, most of Tracy Ullman's cast wound up making a hell of a lot more money than she did because they all went and voiced characters on The Simpsons. You know, but that's well, that that's what happened. And The Simpsons has been dying slowly since like season seven. Ever since there was an episode. Um, what are the, they the, on now? Season thirty, I believe they're at thirty. Season thirty or twenty-nine. Fuck, I'm old. Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right. Um, so it was the, the downward spiral started with something called the principal and the pauper. 
And that was and the pauper. And it was where you found out that uh, Principal Skinner was Armand Tanzarian. Armand Tanzarian. You found out the Principal Skinner wasn't who he said he was. And that was kind of when the, the dip in the ratings really started. Because you can't construct characters that people love. Oh, is that something like he like them. took over somebody's identity in the war or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he, he okay. took over Principal Skinner's identity or, or Lieutenant Skinner's identity right. or Captain Skinner's identity. And he was just like a thug from Capital City. So... Yeah, I just don't know how about... I mean, how long can a baby stay a baby? You know? Maggie's been sucking on that thing for freaking 30 years. You ironically, know? that's At some point, you people. need to get her some help. Okay? You know? I, that's not the complaint that people have. It's more that it's become a caricature of itself. It was mm-hmm. always something that poked fun at pop culture. Right. And, you know, if celebrities came in, they voiced other characters. You look at Michael Jackson, he played an insane asylum patient. So they, they always Type played casting, other characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit of typecasting um, there. Right. Now the, the driving force is, you know, the Simpsons meet a celebrity. There's not really, they're not trying anymore. The yeah. setup for the jokes used to be, it was never set where you could hear a laugh track. Now it has the right. same timing as any, um, any show that would have a laugh track. Well, and it's heyday. It had guys like Conan O'Brien writing on the, and yes, uh, correct. Dane that was, Cook. that was, and Dane that was, Cook. Coming and these, yeah. these, these guys of our, our, you know, and yeah, I still wish that, uh, Conan got an actual shot in late night. Because you know the, the guys we have he now are just just Conan's brilliant, just full of them, yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, politics aside, okay. uh, although there was a joke on the the Simpsons, I think I watched it not too long. It was like a Game of Thrones parody, and yeah. one, one of the characters came down with genital Smurfs. Uh, that was yes. Okay, and that made me laugh harder than I've laughed at the Simpsons in like a decade. So, yeah. you know, it, well, it doesn't have those jokes unless it takes itself out of its own reality. Mm. And so it's become a caricature of itself. Now, if you guys want to re- uh, watch that, there's actually something online. It's called The Fall of the Simpsons and How It Happened. Uh. It's by Super Eyepatch Wolf on YouTube. And he does a much better deconstruction of this than I can. Yeah. And plus but, there's the whole, uh, I think there was an episode of South Park called Simpsons Did It. Yep. You know, where, oh, we're going to do this, this, and that. Simpsons did it. Oh, we're going to have a a, have a, 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 a civilization sprout forward on, on, on uh, you know, Homer's butt. Oh, no, no, Simpsons did it. Simpsons you know? did it, yep. yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's not really anything, and that was the point, there's nothing the Simpsons haven't done. But unfortunately, mm. South Park is now having the same crisis, and Family Guy is having the same crisis. Right. But Seth MacFarlane actually said in season seven that seven years was enough for for any sh- any show, and it needs to end. And so he went out of fifteen now. I yep, fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. And they went out of his. He went out of his way to kill Brian, and that was like a ton of backlash. Right. I remember that. That's like, wow, that was like unnecessarily harsh. <laughs> well, I mean, at, I at least at least South Park has the because uh, uh, they only have to do like ten episodes a season, whenever the they want, you know. Whereas, well, they're not on fo- Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the network stuff, like uh, I, I don't know if even American Dad is still on or uh, you know Family Guy and The Simpsons, they have to come up with what is it? Uh, 
26 episodes a year. Yeah. Uh, well, just, on top of that, that just influence that that is just a pure breeding ground for banality. Well, if you look at um, Seth MacFarlane in the 15 years it's been on, or let's say even in the last five, you know, it, let's go last 10 in less than 10 it's been like seven years now mm-hmm. he's done three three films on top of it three soundtracks mm-hmm. three spin-offs and now the original series orville which i actually like i really like the orville so uh. i haven't seen it um i've heard it's quite good though so for him the fact that he's he's still going uh-huh. is is pretty shocking i mean you know he voices those characters he's the head writer Mm-hmm. Um, and for Brian, for, for the character Brian, uh, Brian's, you know, the intellectual liberal writer, which is kind of a, a shot of... Who licks um, his own balls. Yeah, you know? well, so it was I a, shot of, a shot of McFarlane himself. I think that's a really good analogy for that whole thing. But, you know, that's... Okay, that's just me. All right. <laughs> well, it's more that character is the least, um, a more contrived version of McFarlane himself. And so yeah. he thought... Hmm? Yeah, yeah. He just, uh, from what I understand, he could never make it through the balls. But, no, know, he, he couldn't so. do that part. <laughs> um, but so when Brian died, that was kind of the decline of Family Guy. And that happened around the same thing. They lost a lot of their writers to their own shows like American Dad. <laughs> I mean, that's a sp- that's one of his shows, too. You know, and there was a Cleveland show. Uh, and there's a thing about spreading yourself too thin, you know. But that's what the town does. Well, it's well, that's what happens. And then there's a term, it's called flanderizing a character, which Uh-oh. is when you take a multi-dimensional character and make it a one-note character. This one thing defines that character. And if you look at South Park, if you look at Family Guy, even if you look at SpongeBob SquarePants now, all of these characters have been flanderized. They come, they're, they're one-note characters. And they've all come from multi-dimensional characters. And they've all not only jumped the shark, which for anyone that doesn't know, that is a reference from Happy Days. Tell mm-hmm. me who jumped the shark and I'll give you a free ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm <laughs> Springs, California. Um, but that means you are so freaking far out of ideas. You have to go to not just the ridiculous, but the pure, purely stupid Pure, uncut, what? You know, yeah. Yeah, the pure, uncut, what the fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've gone so far with this, and they've flanderized all these characters that the shows themselves have kind of become one-note points. Flanderized, wow. It's flanderized. And I think it's a great example because you do see that. Flanders became a one-note character. Mm. Now, the only difference here is Hillenburg... Um, the writer from SpongeBob went back after the last SpongeBob movie and started tinkering with his own characters again. Mm. And the show's gotten better, but it's not going to see the numbers it did in the beginning. No, no, not at all. But they they figured out a way to. It makes a certain amount of ratings. They make it. They make it for a certain amount of money. You know, it's got that animation block. Uh, what is it? Still eight o'clock on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do that. So that's what the Simpsons needs to do. They need to bring back Conan O'Brien and Matt Groening. Like, <laughs> like, that's my plan. You had asked online how to fix the Simpsons. Bring back the original writers. It's become a parody of itself. I mean, it was all of these shows 
what parroting the American family, parroting children, parroting right. what life is. Here's a um, shocker. Let them grow up. They tried that with uh, Rugrats. It didn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know the rule. If you try it once, never try it again because it failed. And we don't want to risk money because it's Hollywood. Right. Because it is still <laughs> the golden goose at this point is making just enough money to keep chugging along. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's what's sad. But what's sad about it are these are shows that really change things, that really broke down barriers, that changed the narrative, and they've become one-note characters. And I, I hate to see that. It's the kind of the death of the show. It becomes a sitcom. Mm-hmm. So I suggest everyone go watch The Big Bang Theory. Mute it during the, one of the laugh tracks or go watch The Big Bang Theory without the laugh tracks. It's still a funny show, mm-hmm. but it's not as funny. Um. And you'll I, find, I really liked what the Big Bang Theory came into, you know. After I, the I whole, like it too. After the I whole, uh, when uh, what two and a half men's gain, uh, loss was their gain, you know. I completely agree. You know, I all think, the writers think, went over to to uh, from two and a half men went over there, and then it became about relationships, you know. I th- I think the Big Bang Theory was excellent. I think the evolution of the characters was excellent. But I think we're going to fall into the same place that these cartoon shows fell and a lot of the shows fall. Where the fuck do you go now? The only one that's not married is Raj. Right. Um, so Although, have you watched The Young Sheldon? Because that is actually a pretty fantastic show. very good. Young Sheldon yeah. is very good. So they, that was very, very clever. Guys, we have got to get going. Um, I do want to say... So this is a lot to cover in a 10-minute segment. Uh, Paul and I did our best. If yes, there's the a topic- banality of, of Hollywood, yeah, it takes a little bit more than 15 <laughs> minutes, I'm saying, yeah. So if there's a topic you want us to cover, I just covered, we covered Simpsons this week, we can cover another show next week or actors or whatever you want. Catch one of us on Twitter, catch me on Twitter, we'll talk about it, we might talk about it on the show next week. I'm Summer Helene, we are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and when we come back, we are going to be on with your favorite doctor and mine, Dr. Ross, and we're going to have our special guest today, Diana Davis. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. 
Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael mm. Bolin. G'day, Paul. Hello. And, of course, we are on with your favorite doctor and mine, Dr. Russ. Dr. Russ, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be here, Summer. It's always good to have you on. I'm going to jump straight into questions because we, after that we have some personal questions that people wrote in. So our very first question is, I've heard several radio ads for hypnosis to lose weight and quit smoking. In your professional opinion, is hypnosis a viable solution for either of these things? Hypnotic in Palm Springs, California. You know, I've heard those uh, ads as well, and it's uh, uh, a good question. Uh, in, in the truth of the matter is hypnosis uh, uh, is something most of us have actually experienced in our everyday lives. If ever you've been totally engrossed uh, in a book or movie and lost uh, all track of time and didn't hear someone uh, calling you, uh, calling your name, you were experiencing at that moment a state uh, uh, similar to a hypnotic state. And uh, this has been a question that goes back all the way to the Sun King in France, who uh, at the time there was a Dr. Uh, Mesmer, as in mesmerized, who uh, was practicing hypnosis. And uh, the question was how, how valid it was. Uh, Ben Franklin was a member of the committee that they convened, and uh, so it's been debated ever since, um, and it's been studied. Uh, Stanford University, in fact, came out with a hypnotic susceptibility scale, and uh, 95% of us, in fact, are uh, susceptible to hypnosis. Now, what it really boils down to is the uh, skill of the uh, practitioner and uh, you know, you should check the references if you're going to submit yourself to that. But people sometimes worry that they're going to be uh, convinced to do something um, that they wouldn't ordinarily do. And uh, hypnosis will not cause you to uh, do that sort of thing. So uh, uh, it depends on uh, on the person who's doing it. and. The guy down here, I know he comes every year and holds these uh, hypnosis sessions like we've seen on TV, and I'm not sure of his success rate, but uh, uh, I, it's not a it's not total quackery, I would say. <laughs> I like that. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the word quackery. I like that. <laughs> Our next, it's a good word. I like it. I, I like, like it that. too. I usually I say hippie magic, and sometimes they you know, that magic. kind of stuff. I like yeah. I like okay. I like quackery. That's actually a really cute word. Okay, our next question is from wanting to be slim fast in Tacoma, Washington. For those in Tacoma, do not eat at a place that was called Duke's Worst Chowder I've Ever Had. Just go to the fish market. I fell for that. Bad ad. It's not the best chowder there. Um, our next, so our question is, does slim fast really work? Well, it depends on uh, which uh, product you're talking about. Uh, I have looked into their product line, and they have just a bewildering number of products and uh, different recipes. Uh, I, I think the concept of a meal substitute is good if it's got uh, high protein, low starchy foods. Uh, you know, it, it should. Uh, you know, for some people uh, uh, who are trying to lose weight, it might be a useful tool. I, I wouldn't rule it out. But they have okay. they have slim fast products for uh, every day of the week. So, uh, but if, uh, if you're just talking about a can of slim fast as a meal substitute, I I don't think any harm could be done. Does it really work? Well, I, I I'm not certain, but probably. I, I know you say no harm can be done. I tried their strawberry ones because I was on a set. There was no food. We were running late. One of the girls I was working with had a slim fast. I was covered in a rash. So <laughs> if you have like oh. chemical sensitivity, don't drink it. <laughs> like, in, in that case, uh -huh. you end up covered in a rash and people get really upset. Yeah. There's <laughs> don't do that. Summer, well, um, you get a rash if someone looks at you cross-eyed. So I wouldn't extrapolate that to all your listeners. <laughs> Probably not. No, I don't. Oh, I don't that's do just very weird. Well. I don't yeah, do well with chemicals. <laughs> I don't do well with chemicals. And they had to use a lot of makeup to cover up the spots. Um, oh, I, I hope you're doing well. You're doing okay. Yeah. Um, so, our next uh, question it, it's is... It's not bad for you, and uh, except in certain instances like your, your own. But people do have these uh, what we call serendipitous uh, responses. In other words, there is some basis of it in your own body chemistry, but... That's what makes you you, and uh, it, it doesn't really apply to everyone. That's called serendipity. I like serendipity. Good. Our next question is from Gluten Free in Eureka, California. <laughs> Why is bread included in the healthy eating pyramid if it's so bad for you and full of gluten? I, I like that uh, question, and... Uh, uh, it has to do with the, the history of this country. Uh, uh, the uh, corporate interests have been uh, uh, has have really been governed uh, by bad actors uh, uh, in this particular uh, instance, and uh, we're just uh, now seeing corrections uh, being made. Uh, I would mention Kellogg's and General Mills, who uh, sponsored a study back in the 1940s uh, that uh, falsely laid the blame of obesity on fat-containing foods. So we're all familiar with uh, fat is your enemy sort of thinking, but uh, 
It's actually the uh, carbs that uh, cause obesity and uh, the processed foods, the starchy foods. And uh, while these corporate interests have not been completely vanquished, uh, if you compare the older food pyramids to the new one, um, uh, the products like bread uh, uh, are being uh, forced to the bottom, and hopefully someday soon they'll be uh, abolished uh, uh, from the food pyramid. They're still there, but they're, they're not given the prominence uh, that they were before. So uh, we're making progress on that. But I want your readers to know that bread is not a, a healthy thing to eat. And uh, the government and um, the FDA are just uh, taking, taking time to catch up to uh, the reality of the situation. Interesting. So. Well, I can say uh, Kellogg's Brown and Root actually um, do the MREs for the soldiers and have a bazillion government contracts. So... I can see where that would be um, a little counterintuitive to uh, take them out of the pyramid. They pay a lot of money. Yeah, but that yeah. study, those Kellogg's people in the 40s were just weird. Yeah, know? that's true. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. Like, well, they still make products like uh, chocolate cornflakes. Uh, they make products like Cinnabon, which is like the uh, worst product. I'm a, I'm a post guy. I'm still addicted to uh, Cocoa Pebbles every once in a great while. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just like, I, I hear that <laughs> stuff. I'm like. <laughs> sugar in a bowl. There we go. Yeah. Just eat a bowl of sugar. <laughs> Which was your favorite que question, Dr. Ross? Oh. Um, I, I found that the, uh, the hypnosis as it relates to weight loss was uh, my favorite today. Okay. Well, Hypnotic in Palm Springs, California, courtesy of Dr. Russ, we will send you a copy of the Palm Springs Diet. And if you guys want your own copy of the Palm Springs Diet, you can find it at authorhouse.com, kennethrussmd.com, amazon.com, walmart.com. It's just everywhere. Now, I know there were a couple of complaints, um, and I was going to ask you about this, Dr. Russ. People have had some trouble finding the supplement they've put in, like Palm Springs Diet, because I know we talk about this quickly on the show. Um, so, you know, it'll come up, and then people go in later trying to Google it and find it. Um, I'm going to put up some links. What is the easiest way for people to find the new Palm Springs Diet? Well, if you go to uh, Facebook and uh, enter Palm Springs Diet, you'll get to the uh, uh, you'll get to the show. Uh, you know, we do a, we do a podcast, and you can get to the product that way as well. So that would be my recommendation. Uh, we we've had ongoing discussions with. Uh, your staff, Alexis uh, Romero, and uh, so uh, uh, we're we're getting better at uh, social media, uh, thanks to you, Summer, and uh, uh, they, they might they might try that. And well, don't don't write a, uh, just Palm Springs diet. Um, so well, that's that's where there's been a little bit of trouble. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to put up some links so people can follow it that way. And we'll try and get maybe an easy click button from the show to there, or we'll figure out a way to do that. Well, I'm glad um, to hear there's been some interest in it. That's, that's encouraging. 
Yeah, the, the interest part is good. The them getting mad at me because I can't find it less good. <laughs> like, I've gotten a little bit of hate mail on Twitter because they're like Googling it because I say the book you can find at Walmart and Amazon. So people start looking for the supplement there. And it's it's very interesting because the book has a different saturation from the product. So people are trying to find them in the same places. Um, so we're just going to have to make it really, really super simple for them to find it. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to be uh, in contact with you uh, summer next week about that and, and checking up on you. And uh, uh, it's nice talking to you and Paul, and uh, I wish you a uh, happy 4th of July and uh, look forward to next week. Well, a happy 4th of July to you as well, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with Diana Davis talking about filmmaking, the best way to do it, how to bring things in under budget, and why that's important. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. A special thank you to Dr. Russ. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. 
And we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. I do want to give a quick shout out to about how, to some of the people that, you know, own my ass. I always tell you guys we work in entertainment, so we get stickers like people in NASCAR. We need to walk around with those stickers, us and politicians. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to Aloft uh, Phoenix Airport Hotel. Thank you very, very much. We go stay there whenever we're in Phoenix, when we go up to Comic-Con, when we go to Arizona for meetings. We're always there. True Rest uh, Float Spas in Sedona and Las Vegas. Aspen Mills Bread Company. Debrazini Skincare. Off-road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. They always do the free giveaways. LA's Lip Squad by Sonia for that fantastic 24-hour lipstick. Mm. Spa Blend Facials. Adrian Alcantar Hair Studio, who gives me perfect red carpet ready hair. Thank you very, very much. Scott Haskin uh, Music. You guys know he does our intro music. AZ Corpse Crew and Alexis's grandfather's vacuum company, Griggs Vacuums, um, because for some reason she puts that on every <laughs> every little list. And of course, Tiny Hair, Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon in Palm Springs, mm. and Free MMA, who apparently we are sponsoring them now because it's a nonprofit, which I just got an email about. So thanks for that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> like to welcome, like which I'm not the people. Jesus Christ! <laughs> okay, are we still got listeners at this point? Okay, yeah, I, I, okay. if you guys are still there, I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna get a pair of pants and just put like bumper stickers on my butt from the companies. You're that like I a make. NASCAR driver or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I think people in film should do that, and politicians should do it. That's oh, politicians cool. definitely. Jesse Ventura's yeah. been calling for that for years. Yeah, I think okay. that's perfect. And who's right. our guest? Our yes. guest is Diana Davis, because we are not getting into this shit today. Bringing, uh, she, woman after my own heart. She likes to bring in films under budget and ahead of schedule. Most important thing, if you ask me. She produced her very, very, her very first film, Cathedral Canyon, that went on to win awards at both the Palm Beach International Film Festival, the Jerome Film Festival. Diana started a 501c3, uh, 501c3 making movies. Um, um, movies making a difference. It's an amb- its ambition is to produce inspiring commercial films that highlight social ills, injustice, and plow the proceeds back into the nonprofit to benefit the victims of these issues. Diana is involved with inv- with victims long after the cameras stopped rolling. Some of her team and some of her team are actual survivors themselves. This is actually really impressive. Um, Diana, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Very I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm sneaking and going through more of your bio and info right now. You're a pretty incredible lady. Uh, well, it's uh, I, I always say to all the kids, uh, the ones we work most closely with are survivors of human trafficking and um, child brides, child labor, all in the United States. All were actually born and raised in the United States and um, were, uh, uh, sounds just terrifying, but bred for that reason. Um, they're so amazing. So I, uh, I love having them in my life. So I'm actually the lucky one. So when, you know, people will say, Oh, you're such an angel for doing all this. Um, they're missing out for not doing it. It's, uh, it's selfish on my part. That's amazing. Now, can you tell us a little bit, you were saying they were bred for this. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? I do want to remind everyone, this is an 18 and over show. Um, any bad language, we do give money to charity. We give it to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society, and Free MMA. Um, but on top of that, we do also follow adult topics. So I want to remind everyone this is an 18 and over show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, some of you might have heard uh, about Warren Jeffs, the 
self-proclaimed prophet of the FLDS, which is the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints, not the Latter-day Saints. Um, and he's now in prison um, in Texas uh, uh, serving a life sentence for his uh, involvement in underage brides and uh, labor and, you know, a, a litany of things. And, uh, um, you know, so many people thought that this has just been going on, on co- in Colorado City on the border of Utah and Arizona. And now that he's locked away, then, you know, Everyone can breathe a sigh of relief. Um, actually, this has been going on for hundreds of years. He's just one of the many prophets, and they're using this religion um, as a means to uh, fill their pockets. They have co- uh, construction companies from coast to coast, and the boys, by the age of nine or so, are put into um, uh, into work from not only uh, the construction, but... Uh, manufacturing slot machines in Vegas and lanyards and it just is so many different things and the girls as soon as they're childbearing age they start having more um, babies which their religion says they need to have a baby every year in order to get to heaven um, it's really just it's a human puppy mill and it's not just on the border this is where the biggest their um, uh, town was it's in there's another branch of Kingston's in Salt Lake there I've got girls up outside of Montreal and in another um, one called believe it or not return to innocence and they have lobbyists in Washington and so our films are made to raise awareness and once I started getting to know these incredible kids I couldn't turn my back on them and that's when I started the um 501c3 and um, give back everything we raise to help them get uh, started in lives, mainly education, drug rehab after they've escaped there on the streets. And, um, and no one knows this is going on all over our, uh, all over our country. How, how did you get involved with this? I mean, that's a pretty incredible cause to be involved with. Um, I never set out to. I was actually, um, I was an actress in New York. And um, I'd come out here to Phoenix when my parents were not doing well. And um, I had run into at the, our school, actually, a little fundraiser. There's a, a, a news reporter, Mike Watkiss, who he's been on um, Larry King and Anderson Cooper. And any time they're talking about these, you know, Warren Jeffs and the child brides, um, he's there. And he had just gotten back from Washington, D.C., where he'd won an Edward R. Murrow Award for his um, documentary. I wasn't sure what it was about, so I just walked up and congratulated him, and he said, well, thank you so much, but unfortunately, not enough people watch documentaries, and if they do, this is such a horrific um, subject that um, they just kind of want to (laughs) go home and have a drink and forget about it. And I said, well, excuse me, what, what subject is this? And when he told me, I said, oh, you mean the crazy women who don't mind carrying their husbands, you know, in their prairie dresses up north? And he looked at me, just he's incredulous. He said, they don't want to be there. They're slaves. And he started telling me about it, that if I only knew someone that um, could make a commercial film and get it out of Arizona and, you know, um, shed some light on this, um, maybe with an uplifting ending. And, you know, I always had been, you know, you hear about these things going on in Southeast Asia, the Middle East and whatnot, and you think, oh, what can I do about it, you know, and happily I just go on with my life as a, an actress. Um, but when I heard that it was, you know, just about six hours north of me, and I said, well, isn't anyone helping, and what's anyone doing? And he told me nobody. 
I couldn't just have an excuse that it was too far away for me to do anything. So I just looked at him and said, um, I'll make that movie because I knew so many people from being an actress in the film industry. Um, and so I just rallied them all and told them about it and everyone wanted to get on board. And so our first film, Cathedral Canyon, was all about the, um, just from the research and all the footage that actually Mike Watkins from going up to this town, which the police uh, were in, um, were all in, it was, they were part of the community. They had their, you know, own vigilante police force. No one could get in there. And because of the corruption that, um, that in Phoenix and so many politicians, master plan communities, you know, they're all, they use these construction companies and they come in way under budget, way under, uh, you know, underbid everyone else. The Native Americans used to get the bids on it. Now with child labor, with uh, free child labor, they were getting them all. So um, everyone turned a blind eye and kind of it worked for everyone. I mean, I just found out that the town of Sedona, their whole water system was all built by our boys that were 15 years old. Um, and, you know, then the, all the town officials, you know, tell their um, the community that their taxes aren't going up and they're voted in again. And um, so... Uh, and Mike Watkiss was not allowed to report on this in his on his television show, um, or he would uh, lose his job. So um, I, yeah, it's quite remarkable. I'm really horrified by that. I love Sedona. I did a TV show down there. I lived down there for a while while I was doing it. That's isn't it horrifying? I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I was up in Denver where we'd gone to, um, you know, rescue some of these boys that were had been turned out. Once they get to be a certain age and they're um, a competition for the older men because the old men take, you know, 15, 16, some up to, depending if they're higher up in the so-called church, up to like 50 of these girls. So you do the math on that. There's there are no women uh, for the boys. So. Wow, where do these? Where do they these, get these girls? Where are they? Where? Yeah, they're bred. They're born. They don't recruit outside, and that's why it's so secretive. Um, and but it's amazing if you just Google FLDS Warren Jeffs, everything. It'll just. I mean, so much will come out. News stories, everything. There's just so much information on it. Yet most people, like myself, have really never heard of it, and it's they just cover it. You know, cover it up so easily. Um, because it's squashed, like when, you know, reporters try to um, talk about it. Um, but it has, actually, there's, um, with the the girls, they would have, they would marry one uh, wife, and the others were, you know, married in their so-called church. And they had a huge um, food stamp racket going on, because they'd have all the other girls as, the, you know, the second through 50 wives as um, single moms. So they were collecting all the food stamps and turning it, you know, and then those women would have to turn it all over uh, to the church. Yeah. So a year ago, none of them are married. None of them are married. They're all single moms. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So a, a year ago, last February, finally, once it, you know, really affects the pocketbook, they don't care about child abuse and when it's helping, the politicians all turn a blind eye. But once it's affecting their pocketbook, they go after them, and they did. They went after the 11 church elders, and they found there was $12 million worth of food stamp fraud from the state of Arizona. And so that's what kind of has broken the town up, and 
um, there. They all pled guilty, didn't do any time, but have all moved on. And so the town of Colorado City, where we're now filming our next movie, Cult Cartel, uh, starting in uh, two weeks up in the town. And because we've helped so many of the, um, the families and kids and women up there, they've embraced us to come inside and... Um, it'll be, uh, it won't be a documentary because um, we want it to be fiction so the kids all, you know, feel safe telling their stories and the actual um, kids and moms and everything are going to be acting in it alongside of um, Hollywood actors that are all flying in for it as well. Uh, what actors but it has really, doing it? Go ahead. Oh, you said I'm Hollywood sorry, actors flying, you had said Hollywood actors flying in. Who do you have coming into it? We have um, Don Most, who is Ralph from Happy Days. He's mm-hmm. starring in it. And um, Jude Ty- yeah, Jude's there. And everyone's just doing this out of, uh, you know, a labor of love. So um, we are a, a, a SAG ultra-low budget. But, um, you know, they're, just, they're working for $125 a day and, you know, and just giving back to the, um, to the cause. And, and coaching the kids and working hands-on with them all. And, um, and then also Jude Tyler, who is in, um, she was in Charlie Wilson's War with um, Tom Hanks. She's a huge advocate for um, human trafficking, or advocate for against human trafficking. And uh, just this is something she just, you know, uh, wants so much to be involved with that she's actually turned down other roles in order to give her time. She'll be starring in it. And then Windsor Harmon, who was Thorn and Bold and the Beautiful, he's he was starred in our last one, and he's coming back as uh, uh, to um, reprise his character as the hero. And uh, I like that. Um, who, do, who do you have directing? Lots lots. Um, actually, my husband is uh, was wrote it and directed uh, the, both the first one and the second one, Paul Davis. Very cool. And it's a. It's a really, really uh, sensitive um, subject, and also the um, the people are have never been exposed to the outside world before. Colorado City is out in the middle of nowhere. It's um, years just one road in and one road out, and they had no television, radio. Um, you know, they've never even seen a movie, and now this is so remarkable that they will actually be acting in and working as crew and um, in, involved in a movie. It was forbidden up until these elders were just arrested. But um, now, I've been going in what, there since the first... I'm sorry? Uh, why Why does this touch you? Everyone has charities that touch them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm big into kids' charities and animal charities. Um, Paul likes animals. He's not so keen on people. Mm. Why does this charity mm-hmm. touch you? Cat person. Well, I think that uh, when, you know, you talk about like, you know, or hear about like homeless and um, like, you know, drug abuse and all the all the different um, things, a lack of education, women's rights um, and then and human trafficking. And you all of a sudden find that there is this um, place that all of that is going on. And I mean, these kids don't go to school, so they don't even read or write. So they start so much uh, lower than anyone else I might think of, you know, donating my time to whatever. And, and they're, they're lost. They actually, the boys are called lost boys. And since they have no life skills, 
if they're once they're kicked out and on the streets, they don't even know where to go for help. Plus, their families are still in the community, so they have no family members or friends on the outside either to help them. So, um, for one thing, it's it's just too astonishing that this is going on in our country. That there's this enormous group. They they uh, estimate there's about fourteen thousand of these boys on the streets. Um, so. Uh, that to me was just, and that, that nobody was helping them. There actually was nobody, not one cha- other charity in the state of Arizona was helping these people or even knew about them. Um, and then, of course, that it just crossed my path and was handed to me, and um, I couldn't just walk away and say, oh, that's just such a shame that no one's helping these people um, when I could. I think that's wonderful. What advice, uh, it's it's very it's not uncommon for people in the arts to be involved in charity, but it is very, very uncommon outside of music. In music, people will do, uh, you know, songs for charity and that sort of thing, but not really films for charity. This is a very unique way of approaching it. What made you decide to approach it this way? Because of my background, being in um, as an actress and knowing so many people um, in the industry, and then when, you know, the reporter, Mike Watt, has said, I wish I just knew of somebody, and he was standing in front of somebody, me, who did know people and was able to, you know, to do this, I, I couldn't just turn, you know, a blind eye and say, oh, that, no, I, I, I had to do it. But I was, I originally just thought I would make this film to raise awareness. But once I started meeting all these kids and they needed me and they had nowhere to turn, um... I I couldn't just you know say I did my part, and also they're amazing kids. I I I always tell them all I'm just you know so fortunate that they're such great uh, people. I mean, if they were all just a bunch of jerks, I don't know if I could keep doing it. But they're they they become like family. We've got over fifty of them now, and most of them all come back. And once they're on their feet, then they want to help and give back and help us and help other kids. So it's just sort of snowballing, and um, it's wonderful. But that's why it took so long to do our first movie. It's been eight years, because in the meantime, I've spent all of my time helping the kids and showing the movie and getting more people to want to, you know, help me help them. Now, what? how did you distribute this? How are you planning on distributing this? Because a lot of independent films don't, you know, going with the distribution plan or don't know what they're going to do. And that always, always worries me. What, uh, what yes. kind of distribution well, round? Well, that's a, that's a great question because afterwards I did get approached by quite a few um, distributors and all the offers they gave me were just pretty terrible. I just didn't think that um, it would take so long for us to see any money. And it's also really hard just as a small little independent filmmaker to be able to even track it, you know? And so like, how would they be so aware? Um, and by getting more and more people involved, I started doing fundraisers and showing the movie. And then people would, you know, being a 501c3, I found I was going to be able to raise so much more money on donations by privately showing it or, or you know, giving people the link or um, grants, like the Hilton Foundation gives us um, grants because Conrad Hilton came, saw the movie, and he said, i got to help you guys. So it's really, um, right now, 
uh, you know, I'm not sure what will happen with uh, Cult Cartel. Hopefully from being on shows like yours, more and more people will know about it and we might get a better distribution deal. But, you know, self-distribution right now is getting so popular um, because you can just show it online. We, you know, we'll show it on our website. We'll have it for purchase there. Uh, and I think we'll probably do better that way. Interesting. Um, now, if people want to find you, where on social media can they find you? Uh, they can. Uh, we have uh, Movies Making a Difference. And it, we're actually all one word, Movies Making a Difference. Um, but uh, Facebook breaks it up <laughs> so um, because they say Movies Making a Difference isn't a real word. So it's Movies Making a Difference. Um, our website is moviesmakingadifference.org. And then on um, Instagram, it is all one word, movies making a difference. And they can always find me, Diana Davis, because that's pretty much all I, I use it for, is to just keeping people uh, aware and abreast of what we're doing. Well, I think what you're doing is wonderful. I've not seen film being used as a medium for charity. It doesn't usually go with the, the filmmaking atmosphere. So I think it's really cool that you're doing that. Um, I do have to say, um, Paul, my co-host, is host of The Militant Moderate. Paul, give everyone a quick shout-out. Tell them where they can oh, find you, please. Uh, they can find me on Twitter. They can find me on Facebook and, of course, the YouTube channel and the podcast. I know we haven't put out a new one in a while, but you can listen to the old ones on Secure SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, back to the more important thing about the you know, talking about charity and making these films. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. I'm like, yeah. I usually tell people, you know, um, if you guys want more information on this, I'm going to put up a link to Diana Davis. I'm going to put up a link to her um, to to where you can view the film and where you can donate some money. You guys know where to find me. I'm Summer Helene on Twitter is usually where I talk, but I'm on everything everywhere because social media sucks. Um <laughs> so, Diana, how if people want to donate to this, if people want to help out, we have about one minute left. Um, can I get some links off you, places to put this, so people can can make some donations? Yes, well, actually, at moviesmakingadifference.org, there's a donate button right at the top of it. They just it goes through PayPal or their credit card, and that would be Perfect. wonderful. We live off that. They live off that, and we are all also all volunteers, so everything goes straight to help these kids. I think that's fabulous. Diana, thank you so, so much for being on the show. And thank you for what you're doing. I've, Like I said, I've never seen film being used uh, in this way. And I think it's wonderful that it is. And I hope you inspire others to do the same. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful being on. Thank you very, very much. Guys, I know this was a heavier episode than, uh, than usual. So uh, suck it up because it's a pretty yep. important topic. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to put at least three or four dick jokes in the next episode just to balance things out. But yep, <laughs> exactly. Yep. But it, we this, weren't going to do it. This was important. This was important. We just weren't going to do it this time. I'm yeah. <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't find a way to thread one in there. And I, lo- I was Not looking. Not a chance. That's, that's, yep. that's kind of my thing. So, but uh, yes. Find <laughs> her. Find this woman. Find her on the internet. Give her all your money. All right. There you go. Mm. Perfect. I like that pitch pull. I'm Summer Helene. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.